Hey, it's your boy, the Big Aristotle Shack, and this is the Prime Time Podcast from the Bros Who Think Network. Bitches. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Prime Time Podcast. My name is Charles Reese, your host, and today we are starting off our baseball podcast. As each week, I will be joined by Blake Rafino. Uh, some of y'all know him as Are You Serious on Twitter. Blake, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. How are you? Doing good. Can't complain. Baseball is uh, back, although I tell you what, you step outside, it really doesn't feel like it. <laughs> no, not today. It's a little chilly. It's like in the 50s, I believe, today. So It's early baseball weather, but it, hopefully it'll start heating up a little soon. Yeah, it definitely uh, it seems like every single year you start off with one of these cold series. I mean, even softball last week and had a cold front come through, so baseball's getting the same treatment. But let's look at this LSU team. Look, a, a team that lost two games to Florida State in the Super Regional. Uh, that Florida State team seemed like it had a little bit of a destiny, but it, it seemed like LSU had a lot of injuries with their pitching staff. Uh, a lineup that was hit or miss could not get a lot of consistency going. And, and this year... LSU brings in, especially if you look at that pitching staff, maybe not the best, but one of the best starting pitching staffs in the entire country. Yeah, well, I'm going to go on record and go ahead and say that I think it has the potential, and it might be the best pitching staff in depth that Paul Maneri's had at LSU. I mean, let's look at the weekend rotation. You have Eric uh, Cole Henry. You have Labus and Marceau are all going to be starters. So that leaves a guy like Eric Walker to start the midweek. So uh, LSU bugaboo of the last couple of years has been that bit, those midweek slip-ups. So that in and of itself is going to be the most competitive starting weekend rotation in the nation, not the SEC, the nation. And then you look at the back end and the middle relievers when you have Bittmeyer and you have Beck and Gunter. And then the back end was Fontenot, Fontenasty, as I like to call him, Hilliard. And then the biggest surprise of what I think is going to be of the season is going to be Jaden Hill. So tell me where they have a hiccup in this rotation as of now. Now, you made one big key, and you said one big thing there is, is injuries, the quote-unquote arm soreness. How is that going to, to work? So if, this, if, the, if these guys stay healthy, it's of my opinion that this could be the best bullpen in the nation well let's talk about Jaden Hill and then I want to get into the left-handers because that's something LSU didn't have was a was a single left-handed arm uh which you know proves to be difficult whenever you face some of these SEC teams that are used to facing uh Cole Henry's every single weekend but uh Jaden Hill we saw him for two weeks last year two starts looked incredible I mean that guy's you know upper 90s he's got a good uh good secondary pitch you know off speed that was striking guys out. I, I thought he was one of LSU's better starter pitch, starting pitchers last year. And, and what Maneri is doing this week, and he said today, Jaden Hill is going to come and pitch two innings on Saturday. Doesn't matter what the score is. Doesn't matter what the situation is. Jaden Hill knows he's pitching on Saturday for two innings towards the end of the game. And what he's doing with that, um, Todd Walker, I think, was on ESPN Radio today, was talking about it and said he's preparing him to be a starter. He's saying, look, you're pitching this day. Prepare as if you're starting and you're going to go in towards the end of the game, I think that's going to set up for Jaden Hill, if he stays healthy, if everything progresses like they wanted to, Jaden Hill, I think, finds his way back into the starting lineup by 
maybe even SEC play. There's no question. That's a great take. Um, especially, look, I, I, my cousin, look, to give you a little background, my family has about 50 years of head coaching baseball experience, okay? And my cousin, who is uh, on the staff with my uncle, he had the same injury that Jaden Hill had. And talking to him about this kind of stuff, he came back a little better, especially when it came to command, because he had to focus on it. So now you have a guy who's going to be mid, on average, mid-90s with his fastball, who's going to have better command because of the focus and the treatment and the awareness that he has of that. So I agree. I think that he, by SEC play, if not sooner, could make his way into that rotation. And if he does, then what do we do there? And it's a great problem to have, and who do you take out of that spot? Does Labus come out? Does Marceau come out and Jaden Hill come in? It's Again, it's a great problem to have, but what do you do? Now, here's something that Paul Maneri has done in really always is when a situation like this comes up, he may say that they're going to be a starter, but he's going to put them and leave them in the bullpen. And we saw that with Zach Hess. Now, Hess was not a starting pitcher. He had no reason of being a starting pitcher. He should have stayed in the bullpen, but due to the fact that you didn't have those the, the Joes to go out there and throw on the weekend, you had to put him in that situation. So if the three starting weekend guys do good, does he leave them back there? I, that question is going to play itself out as the season goes on. But I, I, I'm kind of with you. I think Jaden Hill is a starting pitcher. So we'll see how that progresses. Yeah, it's definitely going to be something to watch because I think LSU's got really five guys. I mean, if you want to throw Hilliard in there as well, six guys that could start on any roster, really, maybe besides Vanderbilt. You know, even a guy like Mikhail Hilliard would be starting for SEC teams. Uh, the pitching on the staff, I think, is their biggest plus, right? And you look at some teams that have done well when it's come to the College World Series and postseason play, pitching's really been that catalyst for teams. I think back to that UCLA team LSU lost to, I think it was in the Super Regional, that went on to win the uh-huh. national championship. It was pitching that really led that UCLA team with that one-two punch. LSU's got a one-through-four punch that come you know postseason play, I think it's going to be a huge advantage. And I think that that's something that if they can stay healthy, like that's the biggest thing that we keep going back to. This pitching staff is incredible, and I think you're going to see that this year. Look, there are a lot of good pitchers, and so that kind of takes me into this left-handed issue they had last year. They didn't have a lefty that could throw the ball. Yes, they had um, – they had uh, Michael, uh, I can't pronounce his le- his last name, uh, on the team. Um, but they add Jacob Hasty, and then they add Brandon Kaminer uh, from JUCO. So now they have three left-hand pitchers on the team. Just when it comes to baseball, when you have those, those left-handers in the bullpen, it almost gives you an advantage, right, in, in, especially in matchup situations. Well, it gives you an advantage for two reasons. Number one, it gives you – a situational out. So if you have a lineup like I'm trying to, I'm trying to think. Well, Mississippi State have a lot of left-hand bats. Okay, if you need a guy to come in an inning when you have of the next five hitters, you have three to four lefties. It's a big deal, especially in a close game. And the number and another thing, even if you have, if your lineup is very right-hand heavy, okay, there's not a lot of left-handed pitchers 
in college baseball, really just in baseball in general. So when we look at that, and it's very different. Let me add this. It's very different when you see a left-handed pitcher throwing 90 and a right-handed pitcher throwing 90 because the left-handed guy, it looks like it's coming at you a lot harder because of the arm angle and the slots and where it's coming from off the mound. So it's a very big deal. Now, the question will be, we've never seen these guys throw. Going to some scrimmages, they, they, do, they do look okay. They're not going to set the world on fire, but – how do if you can get two to three outs an inning, if you can give your team just a solid showing every single time you step out on the mound, it's going to be much better than what LSU's had previously. And when I knew that they were going to have left-handers on this roster, I was more excited about that than anything. Um, the one thing, though, that does concern me, and I know we're going to talk about this, but one thing that concerns me is when you have those left-handed guys, especially guys that pitch to contact, this defense is not it, – it worries me a little bit. And so how do we – how do they play that in is going to be a big key as well. Well, let's finish off the pitching staff and kind of talk about that back end. I know you talked about some guys, uh, you know, mentioning guys like Trent Vittmeyer – uh, Devin Fontenot, Matthew Beck, a guy I'm excited to see this year is Nick Stores. Six uh, six, he's a big guy that really, you know, can, can get some velocity after that baseball. Just when you look at this back end, that seventh through ninth inning, I mean, who is your leading candidate right now to be the closer? And you know, what do we expect from guys that have been in this program for so long? I mean, a guy like Matthew Beck has been around for a long time. You know, I, I expect a lot of consistency from Beck, something that we haven't always seen. We've seen really good Beck, and we've seen head-scratching Beck. What kind of Beck do you think <laughs> we see this year? Experience trumps talent in baseball at times, okay? And so you can have a very, very, very good, talented guy. We see this with freshmen and sophomores all the time who are going to be first-round picks. And then a senior pitcher comes in there and strikes him out. And why is that? Because he knows the game of baseball and has been in this situation before. Beck does have to work on consistency. Now, I I think two things are going to happen with Beck. He's going to be a middle guy, middle reliever, and or be the setup guy for Fontenot. There's no reason why Fontenot's not going to be the closer at probably the entire season unless he starts blowing games and blowing saves. Fontenot earned the right to get to earn his leeway if he even does that at least halfway through a season. So Fontenot's going to be that guy. Now Fontenot came in some very sticky situations because of the inconsistency of Matthew Beck. So Beck's going to have to be more consistent, especially when he goes more than one inning or more than one and a third. So it's going to be interesting to see how he has worked on that. I think stamina, especially from a pitcher, that is a big deal when it comes to pitching more than one inning. Anyone can give you an inning, okay? So when we saw Todd Peterson, okay, when he had struggles, it's because he had to throw more than he really needed to. So Fontenot can give you those two, three, and four innings if he absolutely needs to. But Beck's going to have to be the probably the key piece to set up Fontenot for the entire season. 
When it comes to the three starters this weekend, uh, Maneri said today that he doesn't expect any starter to go more than five innings or throw 75 pitches um, for the weekend, you know, kind of getting guys ready for that long haul of the season. This is really their first um, outing where they're going to throw an extended period of time if all things go well. Out of the three guys pitching this weekend, whether it be Cole Henry, Landon Marceau, or A.J. Labus, who are you looking at and kind of saying, you know, man, that, that's that's who I think is going to have the best season out of the three. Well, it, I would be it would be foolish of me not to say Cole Henry had the best season. Um, for this weekend, though, I am going to be looking at Labus um, because we don't know a lot about him, and we haven't seen a lot of him. It, it's a lot when a coach puts you in that starting rotation when no one's really seen anything of him. So I am more intrigued to want to watch what Labus does more than anybody. Now, second to that would be more so because Paul Maneri did say that he has worked a lot on cutting weight, being, having more stamina, and being able to develop that second and third pitch. I think we know what we're going to get from Cole Henry. I, I guess I'm just the kind of guy that when I, when I see a guy and he's very talented, I know what I'm going to get from him. I expect high things. So when the, I, my focus is going to be on those two guys for the weekend. The only, uh, only other thing that I'm going to be watching is does Eric Walker get any – if one of these guys gets in trouble, does he come in? And I don't know if he will because of, you know, of the midweek games and him being a starter. So what do they do there? So that's where I, my focus will be. And I think that Cole Henry will have a good showing. But something to watch out for. I think that this is going to be, and this is just my opinion, this may be the hardest opening weekend for LSU baseball in a long time. People don't remember Indiana won the Big Ten last year. It wasn't Michigan who played Vandy in the championship series. It was Indiana that won the Big Ten. So are these guys going to get in trouble? Yes, because Indiana is a really good baseball team. How do they work out of it? We've seen Cole Henry work out of it, but how does Labus and how will Marceau work out of it this weekend is going to be a key on the pitching staff for me. Well, especially with Marceau, you want to see that continued growth. You want to see that talent that he had that, you know, the MLB almost came in and took him in the early rounds and, and tried to swim away from LSU. You want to see some of that. But, no, look, I agree with you. I think this Indiana team is good. Yes, they lost a good bit from what they had last year, but I still think this Indiana team is good. Now let's – Let's take a look at what LSU is doing when it comes to the lineup this weekend. Uh, Daniel Cabrera is getting the start in center field. Um, you've got Doty starting at third base, um, or second base, sorry. Um, Mathis, uh, the JUCO transfer that everyone's been talking about, is hitting third. Cleanup is Saul Garza, who was hot as all get out at the end of the season, followed by Cade Beloso, um, Duga. Travinsky is going to be your DH this weekend, Bianca, and then Hal Hughes is going to be your starting shortstop. Just looking at that lineup, you know, I, I look top to bottom, and, and really it's it's like I, I see some power. I see some quality hitting. I see things that can be done by this lineup. And, look, the lineup's not going to be the same throughout the weekend. It's going to take a couple of weeks for Maneri to get that lineup ready for SEC play before we really know who's performing best. But – you know, a big knock on this team coming into this year is, you know, the bats aren't there. And, look, we'll get to defense because I do think that's something to look at. But bat-wise, 
man, I, I don't see why this team can't be successful offensively. I agree with that. They have a lot of pop. Okay, they're going to hit a lot of home runs, and they're, I, you know, it, it's it's funny because I, I think about LSU teams three, four, five years ago, and it was more small ball, right? Like, didn't you get that feel? And now it, it, they've come to a point where, hey, we got to hit home runs, we got to hit for power. The the thing that worries me the most is you don't have anyone with really elite speed out of Gio, uh, Giovanni Giacomo, who's not going to start. Now, he might get a start in this weekend. I, th- I but think he will. don't have I a lot of will. speed on the bases. What's that? I, I, I do think Giacomo gets in this, this weekend. Um, I think it's more just pitching. And, and, look, we'll get to it in a little bit, but I also think Mo Hampton gets a start this weekend as well. If not this weekend, he'll be starting against Southern next week in the midweek. Oh, yeah. He's definitely going to be in there. But here's the thing that – here's my just opinion. If Mo Hampton's in, Geo's out, okay? Where the biggest head-scratcher was for me is that you have Gavin Duga in right field. Nowhere during the scrimmages did he even play the outfield. Him and Doty were battling it out at second and third. So that was, you know, outside of Mathis. So that was a head-scratcher for me, especially, especially when you have other guys like Toops who plays the outfield. So where's your speed going to come from? Now, (laughs) a lot can be erased when you have big power. So, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, and so don't don't hurt me on that one. But when you look at New York, what they do with power, they don't have a lot of speed. So a lot can can be tamed with not having a lot of speed when you have a lot of power. So... The, the head scratchers were for me were is Travinsky starting at DH and Dugai getting that starting right. So that that's my that's my worry as of right now. But I, I seem that I've said that I have a lot of worry. But you're going to be fine. The question will be at the end of the order: What do you look like? If Hal Hughes can give you competitive at bats, I don't care if he hits 180. If he's in there for an average of six to eight pitches, I'll take that. And if he hits over 250, people better watch out because this could be an Omaha team and this could be a World Series team. Yeah, look, I'll comment on Hayden Travinsky. I know about what he's coming in with. I think LSU, across the board catcher-wise, they've got three guys that do one thing really, really well. Hayden Travinsky with the bat. It is really, really good. And there's a reason that yeah, he's getting yeah. that start at DH. And, and look, the reason why I think that um, that you got Gavin Dugas starting in right field is, is experience. You know, I, I do expect to see more of Daniel Cabrera out and right than center. Um, and, and look, Maneri said, you know, in terms of people that we he thinks we're going to see, he expects the Giacomo and Toops to be playing, and, and then Mo Hampton as well. Uh, he said he's on the brink of getting into the starting lineup. You have to remember Mo Hampton played in the national championship game a month <laughs> from today, yep. you know, a month ago. So hey, he's, he's, he's going to be catching the first pitch from Coach O Friday night. How about that? He will. He will. And so, you know, you have to think that he's kind of a little bit behind, but you look at what this team is coming in with, with Kate Doty and, and, um, and Mo Hampton with this recruiting class, I expect those guys to have a lot of impact on this team. But when you look 
you know, top of the lineup to the bottom, you look at the pitching staff, it's really last year's class that was number one overall in the country, that these guys are starting to step in. You're, you're starting to see that recruiting class where these guys are going to have to make big impacts. Uh, guys like Drew Bianco, I expect to have a lot of impact. So Garza, we saw what he did, what he did at the end of the year. Um, and, and, you know, a guy like Kay Beloso was, has so much pop in his bat. You know, I, I expect this team to be able to hit. It's just consistency is where my questions come from. And the reason why I say that is what you've seen in past years. Because ever since, um, you know, you lost Canizero to Mississippi State, yes, you had um, uh, you had a fill-in right behind him that I, I thought did a really good job. But then the he gets injured. I, I think it was Micah Gibbs who was, was the hitting coach right after Canizero yep. has the injury. And, and then, you know, you, you have to replace what you've had the past two years because in terms of what hitting has done, the approach and everything, it's just been really questionable. And when you have former players on the radio calling it out, saying, I'm not, you know, I really don't understand what's going on, it's the reason why LSU brings in a guy like Eddie Smith, um, who's been a manager. You know, he's he was the hitting coach at Tulane, who did really well last year when it came to their approach at the plate. I think that Eddie Smith is going to be one of the biggest difference makers for this team this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I agree there. Uh, but the, uh, if it seemed like, and I didn't want, I don't want it to seem like that, if it seemed like I was being negative towards this, this, these guys in this roster, especially in this lineup, I'm not trying to be. My, my only worry, and it's a big worry to me, is because if you remember, LSU was able to steal runs because they were able to advance. Josh Smith had a little bit of speed. And so you're able to do that. My, my, again, you're going to have to steal runs, especially if you remember in 17 when they made that long run. It was always aggressive. Kramer. They were, aggressive. They were so aggressive. Kramer was able to get a steal your run here and there. And so there comes a time where I don't know if this lineup is going to be able to do that. Again, though, when you have a lot of pop, look, Kay Beloso might hit 15 or 20 home runs. Okay, I, I, I'm dead serious when I say that. And talking with the guys at Traction, and I think Terrio may maybe have mentioned it, but you talk to those guys, and they think that, they think that it's possible as well. So you, a lot of things can be erased. But you're so right when you talk about Cade Doty. I mean, he's in that two-hole. He's going to have to give you very good at-bats. And Travinsky, who does have a lot of his, uh, a lot of pop in his bat. If he gives you competitive at bats, he's going to do well. So I don't want to sound like I'm ne- being negative by any stretch of the imagination. Those are just the things that worry me the most. Um, and so let's say this, and I, I guess I'll leave this point here. You have Bianco that could give you 10 home runs, Travinsky, Duga, possibly, Beloso, Garza, Doty, and Cabrera could all give you 10 to 15 home runs. Think about that for a second. That is nasty. Where Where is the hole in that lineup outside of Hal Hughes? You don't have one. Two, three, four, five, six, and seven are big leaguers, potentially. And Daniel Cabrera start leading off. So although that they don't have the speed, you don't, have, you don't get a break in this lineup. And then you have guys like Mo Hanton, like you mentioned, who when he starts catching up, where's the, where's the break going to be? So – this team's really stacked for sure. Yeah, and look, you know, 
let's switch over. So what Maneri said about the lineup opening night is that he would probably have DiGiacomo out there in center and, and have Cabrera over in right, but they're starting a left-hander. So he wants to get Dugas out there just because of that. And with that being said, you know, I, I, I want to look at this team defensively because he said that's their best defensive outfield um, whenever they have DiGiacomo out there in center field. And look, maybe Mo Hampton even gets in there, and you've got a guy that can fly around as well. I, I've From practice, just hearing the catches he's been making out there, unbelievable stuff. I think you're going to see some, uh, some highlight reel type of stuff um, from Mo Hampton out there. But a guy I do want to talk about in terms of the defensive ability – is um is what they have behind the plate. Look, last year Saul Garza had some issues at the beginning of the season and really all season long with when it came to throwing guys out. But they have a freshman in Alex Malazzo who, from catching the ball to second base, is getting it there under the average MLB catcher. It, yep. Defensively, if you have a guy like that, you can put Garza at DH. Yes, maybe Malazzo gives you a whole. When it comes to um, when it comes to a, a bat in the lineup, but he takes off runs when teams try to run on him, and his defensive ability behind the plate. Look, I, I think that LSU has maybe the best catching uh, or their best group of catchers I, I've seen there in a very long time. Another great point. Uh, you want to be good defensively up the middle. So two meaning your catcher, four and six, second and short and at your eight spot at center field. You have to be pretty damn good defensively there to have a shot. Now, Malazzo is very athletic. He is easily the most athletic catcher LSU has. And LSU couldn't throw a runner out last year to save their life. If everything was bet on it, they couldn't throw someone out. Now, I'm not going to put that on Garza because Garza has a really good arm. And he is athletic, but he does have trouble when it comes to catching, just playing pitch and catch and the transfer. The transfer, in my opinion, was the biggest, his biggest problem last year, not the arm. Now, sometimes he did make some Aaron throws, but that's going to come with it. Malazzo doesn't give you that issue. Okay. He is the best pure catcher on this staff or on this team rather. So when it comes to innings, maybe seven, eight, and nine, I fully expect him to be out there, especially when it's the game's on the line. But another guy I haven't seen much of and we haven't talked about is Travinsky. Now, he's a big body. He's a big kid. So do, does he maybe work his way somewhere else to get in this lineup because his back gets so hot? So that you have a great problem there. And I, I really – think that it's going to be Malazzo and Garza behind the plate. I just don't right now from what I've seen, I can't see Travinsky starting or getting a lot of playing time at that catcher position. Now he can, but does he give a K Beloso a day off playing first base? Does he come in there when you're up big and get some reps at first? That's something to be seen. So I, I agree with you there. I think Malazzo's easily the best defensive catcher not just on LSU's team, but he could wind up being the best catcher in the SEC. Yeah, something to watch. Uh, there's a guy I do want to talk about. He's batting third uh, on this team, coming over from JUCO, and that's Zach Mathis. He's going to be your starting third baseman. I don't think that 
anyone's going to take his job away. He will always be starting in the infield the entire season unless he's hurt. And not only that, he can play second, short, or third. Uh, but what he brings most to this lineup is his bat. He has the ability to go anywhere in the field. He has power, and he's confident when it comes to his approach. Look, in Juco, he had a three fifty two career batting average um, with 14 home runs, 134 RBIs, in 99 games. I mean, this kid is coming in, uh, and there's a lot that's expected from him, and I'm expecting a lot out of him myself. Yeah, well, you know, used to the old, the old thought was is that JUCO power doesn't always translate well to the SEC or to big-time college baseball, and sometimes that is the case. But you do have your, your outliers, Golden Spikes winner Rafe Rhymes played at LSU units. How did that work out? Now, I, I get he didn't have the power, but he hit for 450 average. So when Palmineri – Palmineri does this every once in a while, and he did it last year. He finds his guy, and when he starts gushing over them, you better watch out because it means he's, he can play some serious baseball. The one thing that I will say that worries me a little, again, and we've talked a little bit about defense, Mathis is okay defensively. He's not that great, okay? He has an okay arm, not that great. So he's going to be there with his bat. He's, like you said, he's not going to be out of that lineup. But if he starts getting some errors here or there, what do you do then? I think that he is a pure second baseman. At the, he's a pure second baseman who can play some third. But you also have K. Doty, okay? So I don't know if third is going to be the position that he ends up at, but he's definitely going to be in the lineup, and he's going to be in that infield somewhere. So I, I, I like Mathis. Everyone's raved about him. When you hear not just one person but hundreds of people talking about Mathis, that means that this kid's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I agree, and, and you talked about another guy I want to talk about, and that's Kay Doty, uh, starting at second base in this lineup, hitting second. Look, not only is his bat good, but his fielding is good, too. And, and look, for the first time in a long time, LSU has a new guy at second and a new guy at short. We know what Hal Hughes can do with his glove, and let's be frank, if it wasn't for his glove, Hal Hughes probably wouldn't be starting. Uh, he might not even be at LSU. His glove is that good. That's why he's in this lineup. And that's why he's playing shortstop because yeah. he's the best shortstop LSU has. He's the best, you know, defender, defensive player or de- defense-wise infielder on this team. But K. Doty's not too far behind him, and I think that Doty, you know, coming into the season, I was thinking, man, he might actually have a shot to start at short. Uh, he gets not at second. What can LSU expect from a guy like K. Doty? So I want to be careful with my words here, okay? Because you don't want to label a kid. You don't want this, you know, this to get out and someone, you know, label you and saying this. So I want to be careful with my words. What I will say though, is you could have an Alex Bregman type of kid here. Okay. You could, I think he, I think he could be that great. I really do. Um, he's got more power than Alex did. He's more rangy at times than Alex. Now, Alex was the best defensive shortstop maybe LSU's ever had. What I mean by rangy is is that he's just long, and he takes long strides. He can get places maybe a little bit quicker at times than what Alex could. So I don't want to label him as 
someone who's going to be the next great, but he has the potential. The question will be, and Paul has said this, is him at the plate. He is very aggressive, and sometimes you can't be aggressive. You have to let the game come to you. So that's just all freshmen. If you remember Kay Beloso last year, there were times he was swinging at stuff he had no business swinging at, and he knew that, and that's just experience. So is the kid going to – is he experienced enough now to be able to make that impact? I don't know that. But, Dan, does he have the potential? Oh, no doubt. And, and that's why I, I truly believe that the addition of Eddie Smith is going to be huge, not only for freshmen, for this lineup as a whole. Because, you know, when players talk about what a hitting coach does, it's not always as much approach and, and you know, mechanics during season as it is the mental aspect. I think that's something Eddie Smith can do. You know, if you remember what Canizero, something I really liked with him was his hitting circles before innings. Like, look, you know, he didn't say, hey, we just need to get a hit. He would talk about, you know, the mental aspect. He would talk about the approach against what is coming from the pitcher that had been dominating LSU for most of the game. And LSU got it done. Look, I I think that if this team is going to excel, it's got to be able to hit. And it can't just be one guy or two guys. It's got to be consistent throughout the lineup, especially early on in the season. Look, we talk about this Indiana series. Uh, look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU dropped the first game and then won the next two. Um, it, it's something that Todd Walker talked about today when a main team came in and Skip Bertman sat the team down and said, hey, look, they, they're going to come out with a ton of energy. We're going to lose the first game, but we'll get them back the next two. That's exactly what happened. And I don't look, I wouldn't be surprised if that happened this weekend, even with Cole Henry starting on Friday. I think that this weekend you're going to get some some hiccups. You're going to get some bumps because this team is so young. But I do think that this team has the ability not only with the bats but with the pitching. And, look, fielding can come around, but you have to understand where our concerns are because when you look at your infield, the left side's new and the right side's new except for your first baseman. So you have to be somewhat concerned there, right, at the end of the day? Well, the, it's it's their biggest concern. It's their biggest problem. Okay, one thing that you cannot teach or get better at is speed. You're going to have to get speed. Okay, and I feel like I'm in the Rocky Three movie when Apollo Creed's like yelling, "Speed, speed!" You know, you're gonna have to. Now, Geo's gonna be out there, but you you're going to have to find so, you're gonna have to find it somewhere defensively is where their problem has been. And that's not Blake Rafino saying that. That's Paul Maneri saying it. Okay? As good as we know that K. Doty is defensively, when his first press conference, what did he say? He said that, well, although K's got really good defense, he was kind of sloppy coming into fall because it's different coming off the bat in the SEC than it is at Denham Springs High School. Well, I mean, no duh. But I think – and Mathis is an okay defender. Doty right now is an okay defender that could be great. Now, we know about Hal Hughes, but Beloso is not the best defensive first baseman. He makes some plays and can do some things. But you better give him the ball because unless unless he's worked on that part of his game tremendously, which I <laughs> I haven't seen yet and I don't think anyone's seen, you, you, you may have a hiccup there. And the def- in, in the outfield, you don't have the speed that you've had. Stevenson's not in center. Zach Watson's not in center. You don't have an elite arm that you've had out there in the past. So that's going to be their biggest problem. Now, does the hitting 
and does the power and being able to score run score runs change that you know I had a thought today when I was at lunch. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of the LSU football team. And what do I mean by that? We'd always come into the season knowing that this defense was going to be good and we were worried about the offense. But this year, we knew the offense after time was going to be really, really, really good, if not the best offense ever. But the defense had times where it struggled. Tell me this isn't the same feel with LSU baseball. So that's where – that's how my gut feeling is as of February 13th, the day before we start the season. So we may all be wrong. I hope I'm dead wrong. I hope this defense is fantastic. But I, I don't see this elite defensive team. And defense is going to win you a lot of games in baseball. So where do they go from there? I don't know. Does Geo – start to get a lot more starts is he able to be competent at the plate is just something remains to be seen and, and look you, you got to mention a guy like west Toops as well who Maneri said is going to get some playing time i think lsu's got options i think they have guys that can cover a lot of field out there or a lot of grass when it comes to outfielders when it comes to west Toops, mohampton and, and the giacomo so i look i think at the end of the season you know you, you'll see who's starting out there in center and you'll be you know, you'll feel confident. And really, if you need to take someone out, you know, and, and put one of those guys in, in in a close situation, a ninth inning while you're up one or two runs in a super regional, you feel confident in doing so because I do think that they have some talent out there. But let's look at uh, expectations for the season. How do you think that this team finishes not only in the SEC, but just kind of a season prediction? Because look, if you look at the SEC, both sides are, are loaded <laughs> when it comes to the East and the West. LSU, luckily, favorably, you know, this Indiana series is probably one of their more, more their, if not toughest, one of their more tougher series non-conference-wise besides the Shriners Classic in Houston. Most of LSU's difficult series on the SEC, or at the SEC level come at home. You know, you get Vanderbilt mm-hmm. at home. You get Mississippi State at home. You get Arkansas at home. You know, you do have to travel to Auburn. You do have to travel to Ole Miss. But I think the, the better teams in the SEC that you face on your schedule come to Alec Box, and I think that's going to prove crucial when it comes to the end of the season where LSU ends up finishing. But, look, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU finished fourth in the West, and I wouldn't be surprised if they finished first. Where do you see them finishing? I would be shocked if they finished fourth in the West. I, I really would. I, because I have so, so high expectations of this pitching staff, um, I don't – uh, outside of Vandy, I can't. And I look. I'll watch a lot of college baseball. I don't. I think that other teams have very good aces. I don't know if they have very good depth. Okay. So if LSU could easily lose a lot of Friday night games and win the series, mm-hmm. so that's that's where I think that they are going to be the most, the t- one of, if not the toughest team in the SEC so I I think they could easily finish first and second in the West now look you got to be the champ you got to beat the champ okay that Vandy series is going to be big and I know we just got done talking about defense you do have to go to Kentucky if I'm not if my mind's not failing me here that's one of if not the biggest park that you're going to be in outside of Omaha Mm -hmm. and if your defense doesn't have that speed do you lose a series like you did in Missouri last year. So, yeah, and that would be tough they're, they're, because 
Kentucky yeah, looking they would at, be very tough. Looking in, in Kentucky in terms of where they're expected to finish, they're predicted or projected by the coaches to finish last in the East. You know, that would be a series mm-hmm. you, you wouldn't want to lose. And look, the reason why I said I wouldn't be surprised, surprised if they finished fourth is LSU and Auburn are, are tied in terms of the coaches' poll of who finishes first, uh, you know, how the West and the East finish up. And, and we talk about that Arkansas team. That Mississippi State team is really good as well. Look, Vanderbilt, we all know what Vanderbilt has. LSU looks out with not having to play Georgia or Florida. Two teams. Look, the SEC East is three teams. The SEC West, in my opinion, is four. Um, Auburn, you're going to have to see some, some consistency. But you know what you're going to get in that Mississippi State team. And you saw how good Arkansas was last year. Look, they're, they're a notch behind Vanderbilt. That, that Arkansas team is really, really good. But, yeah, I mean, and you got Ole Miss. I, I mean, where, at what point does it stop? And, and so and I think <laughs> with Eddie Lacy, right? I mean, so look here. Here's what the truth is, and I don't. You're, you know, now that you say that, I don't know if it's completely outlandish that they do finish fourth. But again, when it comes to pitching depth, if this team does finish fourth, something went really bad. Something went catastrophically bad. Injuries, arm soreness, injuries. Because again, tell me where tell me where their weak link is pitching wise. I mean, you you can't. I mean, maybe some some mid relievers outside of Hilliard, outside of Vitmeyer, outside of Beck. Okay, maybe. But you have three really true starters that's going to be taking the bump every weekend. And if you absolutely need to in a critical series, you have Eric Walker there. So. It's hard for me to – I'm not saying they're going to win the SEC by any stretch of the imagination, but it is it is tough for me to think that they don't finish second or third if, the, you know, if that's not – if they don't finish first, if they don't win the SEC outright. You did say something key. They don't catch Florida, okay? Florida had a down season, but that don't bank on that, okay? I don't care what that coach's poll says. Florida's going to be outstanding. Mm-hmm. Okay, they had really young guys last year. They were learning a lot. You saw them at the end of that LSU series. They started stroking the ball all over the yard. That's not a pitching thing. I remember. I just remember vividly sitting at the box and thinking to myself, "Damn, they're putting pitches right where they want them, and they can't stop it." Okay, now you win the series, you go on, but watch out for Florida, and that's a big thing if you're not catching them. So, I, I I don't have a lot of worries when it comes to pitching. I have my more, more my biggest worries is defense and where where do they get hits? Yeah, and I look at Georgia too, a team LSU doesn't have to face. That Georgia team is is one to to watch in the SEC East. Look, LSU they finished first and second in the West. I still think they have a really good shot. Uh, they finished second in the West and hosting a, a super regional, being a national seed because the SEC is that loaded as it, as it is every year, but. This year is one of those years where you've got six, seven teams that could be hosting regionals uh, because they're going to be that good. And look, if LSU is going to win the SEC, the biggest thing is going to be health. If LSU can be healthy, I think they can win the SEC. But it's health. I oh, mean, there, look, there, you saw last year. Yeah, right? there, there's, there's no question. I, I mean, when it comes to, when it comes to at the end of the day, if you have the arms, you're going to win. And that's something that we touched on or you touched on in the beginning of uh, when we started 
was if you look at the guys who have gone to Omen Hall and won, what did they have? We talked about that UCLA team. So it it just comes to a point, like you said, if they're healthy, they're going to make a deep run. If the pitching is not there, they're not going to make it, period. Well, that wraps up our first baseball podcast. We will be recapping next week as Blake will join us again. But, hey, opening weekend this weekend out at the box, opening night something you really don't want to miss if you've never been. I know it's going to be cold, but it still should be a great atmosphere in the box as baseball is back. It's an exciting time, not only around you know the box, but LSU as you've got a championship football team, a basketball team that's playing well. And now baseball is getting started as Ed Ogeron, like Blake said earlier, will be throwing out that first pitch. Uh, Blake, where can people check some of your stuff out on Twitter? Yeah, man. So you can go on Twitter at AYS Sports, on Facebook at RU Serious Sports as well. Um, I'm going to be starting back some old things that I was doing originally. Um, catch it out. Um, I'll, I'll link it. And I appreciate you having me on, man. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm excited for what we have in store for this season. Uh, hopefully we have a magical ride like we did in football. Uh, but if you don't follow the oh. primetime, go ahead. No, I was going to say, man, I appreciate it. Well, if you don't follow the primetime podcast on Twitter, do so. You can find us at primetime underscore pod. We have all of our podcasts up there as we have a basketball recap this past week with recruiting as well with Josh and our uh, baseball episode will be there as well but for Blake Rapino, my name is Charles Reese your host y'all have a great weekend enjoy some baseball and as always God bless